horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right. Well, thanks for being back with us. We greatly appreciate it. The world of racing is geared up and going again. And uh, I'm going to definitely make sure I get all of last week's races in because they were extremely important. And I might go backwards and we'll do the uh, races first. So I'm sure to get them all in. And then we will move on to news of the week. Uh, <clears throat> but before we do either of that, I want to let you know, I'm sure you're sitting on pins and needles. Who's John going to have on the show this week? Well, first one's going to be a guy who's living the dream. Brian Joseph Hernandez Jr. He is uh, could be going to the ride of his life. Now, I used to think the ride of his life would never be topped, and that was back in 2012 when he won the $5 million Breeders' Cup Classic uh, aboard Fort Larned. <clears throat> uh, and it was just a, a sensational season, and the, you know it was a great, great story. But quite frankly, I think this one's even a better story, even though we haven't gotten to the last chapter. And that last chapter will be the Kentucky Derby on June 5th, as Brian Hernandez is sitting on one of the top three horses going into the Derby, Art Collector. And uh, just two weeks ago, we had the trainer on, Tommy Drury. And this week, we're going to have Brian Hernandez Jr. on in the first section of the show. And then after that, a gentleman that is no stranger to the show, and that is Horse Attorney's Eric Wing. And uh, he's got some good stuff on the cooker this week uh, for those of you out there that like to handicap. And so when you go to Horse Tourneys, I got help for you. That's right. Our easy win forms. Uh, just yesterday, a track you don't hear too much about, Emerald Downs, uh, we nailed a 20 cent pick seven where it was paid out for six of seven. Catch this 2000. $116. Of course, one of our standard tracks that we play, uh, hit at a lot, it seems, is uh, Gulfstream Park. And a couple days ago, we had a $1 pick four for over $1,400. And we're, since we're going to be talking to a Cajun uh, here later in the show, Evangeline Downs, 50 cent pick five, 2000 and two dollars. All right, let's get on to that race action that I told you about. What a weekend. Luckily, <clears throat> I was tied up most of the day at the half a million dollar Best of Ohio series up at Thistledown and had a great time. I want to thank leading trainer uh, uh, Gary Johnson. Uh, he was just super. And after the races, he threw a big party for Everybody. Well, I don't know about everybody, but he uh, packed the bar. What he told me would be, uh, you know, to safely distanced. Well, enough people showed up that it was hard to find a safe distance. So uh, hopefully we all got through it with our masks on. But 
it's hard to drink beer and eat cake. And he uh, had a pig roast going on without taking the mask down a little bit. So knock on wood. Hope everybody came out of there safe. But also he introduced me to uh, Yar Maria Korea. And she was the leading jockey at Thistledown. She's an apprentice. Catch this. Never rode a horse until last December. <laughs> then went to the Panama Jockey School for a couple of months and then came on over here to the United States. She's just a natural athlete, very smart, sweet. Everybody I've talked to, as far as the trainers, say she's got great hands and really communicates with the horses. But before that, when she was in Panama, catch this, she was a professional football player. Not soccer, football. Now, the women's league over there is a flag football team, but she showed me some video of herself playing against these six-foot defensive backs, and it was just unbelievable. So remember that name, Yarmaria Correa. And again, thanks to all the people up at Thistledown, uh, Patrick Ellsworth and his racing office, uh, track announcer and assistant racing secretary, Matt Hook. Had such a blast with those guys. They're really a good crew. So thank you to everybody at Thistledown. So I missed a lot of the races at Saratoga, but did get to the cantina we were at. The name eludes me now. I had never been there before. Uh, and time to see the Run Happy Traverse Stakes. And running happy down the lane was the solid Kentucky Derby favorite, Tis the Law, who has now only lost one race in his career, and that was the Kentucky Jockey Club by three-quarters of a length after stumbling and being pocketed about three different times during the running of the race. Other than that, the son of Constitution would be undefeated. <clears throat> it was just an unbelievable performance. Uh, was, uh, you know, took, took over after a mile. This was, of course, a mile and a quarter. Uh, same distance of the Kentucky Derby. This is the Midsummer Derby, but tis the law got the job done. Second by two was Kara Caro, who I believe their connections are going to uh, point him towards the Derby. He just missed by a neck in the Peter Pan stakes prior to the Travers. And in the third spot was Max Player, uh, trained by Linda Rice. This horse just seems to be getting better and better. And then we get the news this week that the ownership is moving Max Player to the barn of Steve Asmussen, I guess because he is more familiar with Churchill Downs and he's already down there with his stable and it'll just make for a smoother transition. Those are the things I read anyhow. So congrats to Linda Rice for running third in the Travers and we'll see what happens to Max Player down the road. But tis the law, the one to beat. Could Art Collector be the one that beats him? Then in the test, go back and watch this one's folks. Gamine, if that's how you pronounce it, Gamine, uh, is just remains uh, at four starts, three victories, uh, was DQ'd because of that minute positive of lidocaine that came from the back patch of one of the assistant trainers and otherwise would have been undefeated came into this after an 18 and three quarter lengths 
win in the Belmont and just pulled away with authority. It's going to be very interesting to see when she and Swiss Skydiver hook up eventually, I believe, in the Kentucky Oaks. Uh, second in that race was uh, Venetian Harbor, uh, who was an easy second by six over up in smoke. Uh, then it was the seven furlong ballerina. And dancing to the lead right out of the gate was gunned out by Luis Saez. And then all of a sudden just relaxed. Sarah Genty, Empress for trainer Tom Amos. And Joel Politi, the great surgeon from Columbus, Ohio, gets the job done in wire-to-wire fashion. Perhaps seven furlongs is the exact niche that this horse uh, needed. Last year it ran in the test stakes and was beaten by a nice little horse by the name of Covevi, just caught at the wire by a half a length. So congratulations to the connections of Sarah Genty Empress, who didn't win by a mile. Bella Fina, who's Dan Illman's top pick, was closing fast and almost got there. Victim of love, long shot, finished third. Then in the uh, Troy Stakes, it was a grade three, sprint on the turf, five and a half. And, uh, well, the horse that crossed the finish line first was Imprimis, but Imprimis had trouble from the start. He broke broke from the one hole, broke out at the start, bothering American Sailor, and then kind of swung outside on the turn, and then its kind of motion brought him in and came in on the stretch. And uh, so he, 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 he finished first, but was disqualified from first and moved third behind uh, American Sailor and Shecky Shabazz, the uh, gelding that he bothered uh, at the at the at the head of the lane. So the official winner of the Troy was American Sailor. Uh, then on Friday, uh, talked to Dan Illman about the Saratoga Special, and the horse that was most special in here was Jackie's Warrior. Who went wire to wire? Steve Asmussen, man, is he loaded. This horse is now two for two. Joel Rosario deputizing for Ricardo Santana, who's probably making sure that he's uh, settled in in Kentucky to get ready for the Derby. You know, you got to be down there, I believe, about 14 days in advance. Uh, second, it was uh, Dan Oman's long shot pick, The Ride of a Lifetime, paid 450 to place. And, uh, in the third spot was Momos. And now on to the big derby prep of the weekend in Kentucky, the run happy Ellis Park Derby. Go back and watch this one. Brian Hernandez aboard Art Collector. He just, boom, out of the gate, clears everybody. And uh, uh, I won't say cleared. He was pressured the whole way but he never looked like uh he was he was under pressure and uh, got the job done over attachment race who finished behind him in the bluegrass and uh in the third spot was necker island also at ellis park uh, we looked at the groupie doll and the winner in here wire to wire lady kate sent away at four to one with Mr. Jaru in the saddle, 
wire to wire for Eddie Keneally. Lady Kate got the job done easily by four and three quarter lengths. In the second spot was New Rue, who just chased him around at second all the way. And third was Istan Council. Meanwhile, uh, one of my favorites, Street Band, was steadied into the first turn, really just never uh, regained her momentum and ended up running sixth. But it was very close uh, for the third spot. A lot of horses uh, finishing very close to uh to one another, so uh, that that was that was a look at uh, at, at the results. Because uh, uh, I wanted to get them in, that was a whole lot of racing. All right, real quick, classic winning trainer Mel Studi passed away at 93. You may recall he was the trainer of 1986 Eclipse Award champion Snow Chief, uh, and uh, he died at home with his family. But uh, I was talking to Jay Pribman earlier in the day, and he said, "What a guy this was." He says, "He says you'd love him." He said he was a regular guy. You know, he didn't mind uh, getting along with people. He didn't mind betting a few horses, and you could easily kind of find him at one of the bars after the race. Sounds like a regular guy to me. Uh, so, uh, Mel Studi, you were great. He also trained Telly's Pop. Remember uh, Telly Savalas? The horse was owned by him. So, uh, a, a great career for a regular guy, Mel Studi. And D. Wayne Lucas is recovering from COVID-19. He tested positive. He's isolating at 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 home. Um, hard to believe Lucas is 84 now. And uh, they say he had, hadn't been at work for several days before the first symptom. So nobody else at the barn is impacted. I'm sure he's on the phone uh, giving them directions. Uh, and of course, you probably heard now the Kentucky Derby capacity is going to be limited to less than 23,000 in that huge facility. That's going to be very, very strange. You can see the highlights of the plan, all the things that are going to be put in place. Well, one thing that's going to be put in place and put in the starting gate is Brian Hernandez Jr. aboard the aforementioned art collector. And so we're going to take a quick break here and when we come back, we're going to have Brian Hernandez Jr. on the phone with us. You're listening to Ellis Park. (laughs) No, you're not listening to Ellis Park. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. 
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right. Well, you, you've, you've heard it uh, over the years that some people were just born to ride. And certainly Brian Hernandez Jr. was born to ride. Uh, his father, Brian Hernandez Sr., was a jockey. His brother, Colby Hernandez. His sister, Courtney, uh, also rode uh, professionally. Uh, but the uh, the Hernandez getting the headlines right now is Brian Hernandez. Brian, how are you doing? I'm good, John, and yourself? Not bad. I'm socially isolated and I'm COVID free as far as I know, so we're doing okay. Uh, Want to get some personal items out of the way? How's your family? They're all good. Everyone's uh, we're out here on the farm, just kind of hanging out and enjoying our time out here. Yeah, I understand you bought a patch of land not too far from Louisville. What's going on out there? Yeah, we have a we have a little farm out here in Simpsonville, and uh, my wife Jamie she's doing layups and a little uh, post surgery, and horses coming off of the track that just need a little R and R. She's uh she's got seven or eight of them out here now, and she's kind of keeping herself busy with it. Well, just so, first of all, uh, can, can you tell me the names of your children and how old are they now? I see photos and man, they're growing like weeds. We have, uh, we have Jocelyn, which she'll be seven at the end of, uh, next month. And then wow. Benjamin, he's four. And then we have the new baby, Annabelle. She's, uh, she'll be six months next week. You're a busy man. Now, remember, you're dividing everything you own by five now. So you might want to think about reeling it back in there, buddy, as the voice of experience. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we're, we're done now. But I don't think it's dividing by five. I think they get it all. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> you just bring it home and put it on the table. Uh, exactly. Uh, well, uh, just a little more background. Uh, uh Jamie, his wife, she's from the legendary Radosevich family. Uh, I saw her uncle uh, win a $100,000 race over the weekend up at Thistledown. Uh, legendary group. Uh, uh, some of them run farms. Some of them are jockeys. Some of them are ex-jockeys that become trainers. And Jamie herself was a gifted exercise rider. When I first met her, it was at River Downs. I believe she was a steady exercise rider for uh, – uh, Dougie Cowens, and for all I know, because on the other side of Cowens' barn was Tom Drury at the time, so she may have galloped a few for Drury for all I know, but uh, she was an excellent horsewoman who, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Brian Hernandez, before I skip it over, uh, was an Eclipse Award-winning apprentice uh, back in 2004, but he's not the only Eclipse Award winner in the house. His wife, Jamie, in a death-defying moment, climbed an aluminum ladder in a thunderstorm to take 
the photo of Wise Dan in the pouring rain that won the Eclipse Award several years ago for best photo. So neither of you guys got bragging rights, but that, that's a great daily double, Brian. Yeah, no, she she does good. I mean, any anything she sets her mind to, she's she's passionate about it. Whether it be taking the pictures or here out at the farm, she uh, she's got a serious work ethic. That's for, for sure. I mean, even just grand, a couple of days ago, she ran me clean out of the barn because I wasn't doing something right, and she it didn't agree with her. So she's still as passionate as ever. Great. Uh, by the way, this doesn't happen a lot, but my producer just sent me. Would you mind taking a question from the audience? Sure. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, someone by the name of Tom from Goshen, Kentucky would like to know, does it bother you that your brother Colby has recently come to Kentucky as most trainers consider him the stronger rider of the family? No, not so ever. You know, I, I'm, pushing Kobe more than anything you know he needs to get his name out there and kind of get get going so it, it's great that he's finally made that move here to Kentucky so it's uh hope hopefully for the best he can kind of take off and pick up and kind of get some momentum going do you know anybody by the name of Tom from Goshen Kentucky no I do not <laughs> do you oh, know anybody named <laughs> oh now I just realized you were saying you could have you could have said the little pipsqueak from Goshen, Kentucky, or <laughs> Skylight, at least. Uh, I think yeah. you wanted to stay anonymous, you know. Just but but you yeah. know that's the great part about you guys is, I mean, yeah, you're taking it serious, and and you both worked your way up to the bigs. But you're still regular guys, and you're human beings, and your guys are fun to be around. And the fact that he set you up like that, he just, he sent me a text yesterday and he said, come on, man, do this for me. I said, all right, send me what you want me to ask. But anyhow, he must no, and, think, he, he had to have somebody help him think, think of that. I mean, it's been a couple of weeks that he had to put that together. <laughs> but nonetheless, in your first answer before you you understood who said, "Yep, yeah, uh, it really is pretty cool having your your brother." I mean, you got you all had Cajun roots, and you came up that way at the Delta and Evangeline, and I'm probably missing some tracks that you rode at down there. Uh, and for 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 you two guys to make your way to the bigs is awful special, considering you're from one family. Yeah, exactly. It's a uh, it's a lot of fun, you know. You. It's what we, Kobe and I grew up riding Shetland ponies in the field together, racing each other. So now to be able to do it at Churchill Downs against each other, it's uh, it's special. You know, it's it's something we've always dreamed about, and to be able to live it now, it's it's pretty cool. Well, I don't think at this point in time, uh, Drury's going to make any rider changes on Art Collector. So I think you're safe going into the Derby there, Brian. Uh, so uh, Art Collector. Come comes up, uh, hadn't been out since November 19th. I think originally was just going to kind of winter uh, for uh, owner breeder Bruce Lunsford uh, with Tommy, but then Tommy kind of got him going. And um, from everything I'm reading and seeing, uh, Lunsford said, well, why, why, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Why don't you go ahead and take over the training of this horse? And on May 17th, you guys uh, entered an optional claimer. And uh, broke near the outside, uh, seven furlongs at Churchill, and you were bored that day. And uh, it, it's 
seemed like even at seven furlongs, the horse, I don't know if you, if you intentionally rated him, but he was in seventh before you guys got to the stretch. Uh, do you remember that first race? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a race we had been pointing to for a while. You know, I, uh, when I first came back from New Orleans, I had called Tommy while I was down there in New Orleans a couple of times because the horse was originally, he, Joe Sharp had him and, uh, we thought he was going to come down to New Orleans with Joe. Well, that didn't end up happening. And I, I knew that, um, Tommy always did Bruce Lunsford's horses that would come off a of layoffs. So I called Tommy and I was just, I kept asking him, I'm like, Hey Tommy, is, are you going to get that horse? Is he going to come in to you? So finally, like the middle of January, Tommy called me. He goes, Hey, that horse that you've been asking about, he's, uh, he's coming in and we're going to go ahead and get him going. So when I got back, from New Orleans the end of March, he, uh, Tommy calls me up and he goes, Hey, that art collector, he, he's ready to start doing some serious work. Why don't you come out to skylight and get on him and, and see where, where we're at with him. So I did. And I went out and I worked him a few times. And then the, uh, the race over at Churchill came up and it was, it was one of those deals where it was first week of, of, uh, Churchill and, and Bruce went ahead and let him run him. And then he, he just went ahead and I mean, he showed, he showed the kind of horse he is and, that's kind of what we thought he was the whole time. You know, even last year as a two-year-old, I was really high on him. And for him to come back this year as a three-year-old as well as he has, it's just it's a testament of what a good horse he is. Well, from that optional claimer, you guys went into a $100,000 optional claimer. But now it was to see if he could had the stamina. He went a mile and a 16th, only this time he up jumped out of the gate with you. And you guys went wire to wire. And it looks like he just went into some amazing cruising speed through the stretch. Yeah, he did. You know, even like the first time going two turns, we uh, it was a short field. So when we got in the paddock, we, we Tommy and I had discussed it and Bruce, and we just kind of came up with a game plan. We thought we, we had the best horse, and if he broke good that day, we were going to just go ahead and take it to him. And, and that's what he did, you know, in a full-horse field like it was. You don't want to. When you're on the best horse like that, you don't want to give him any excuses. So you just kind of, we let him leave there that day, and he uh, he was able to go the half in 48, but then he almost set the track record that day, and he, he ran a triple-digit buyer. And it just, I think that was the race that really started opening people's eyes to him, that what a good horse he is. Right, right. And, and then when we moved on, because uh, it, it really was, when you look at it on paper, it's like all of a sudden <clears throat> a light shone on, and this you know the 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 man the boy turned into a man that race uh because i mean you wrote him out in a hand ride i know it wasn't a big field but to go that fast that late um and i'm sure you weren't pushing on him very hard uh just just tells me he was ready for the races and the next race was you know uh what used to be a traditional very strong derby prep and as it turns around as they've shuffled all the uh stakes that it was a legitimate derby prep this year. Uh, the Bluegrass Stakes, a very historic race, where you went up against the amazingly talented Philly Swiss, Swiss Skydiver, uh, who went off the favorite in there. Uh, and uh, once again, it seemed like you, 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 you kind of rated him a little bit, not too much. You didn't let the, you didn't let her get away from you. And let me tell you, she was moving pretty good there into the lane. Uh, can you describe the bluegrass for us? Yeah, the, the bluegrass was impressive. You know, I, uh, I had known 
Swiss skydiver and how good of a filly she is because I had, I've, I'd ridden her in the fantasy and then I'd been, I had been working her up until through the bluegrass and even after bluegrass, we've worked her a couple of times. And, uh, that was kind of the game plan was knowing how good of a filly she was that we needed to get our, we needed to get our collector in position and, and knowing him as well, that I thought that if I can kind of set a, set a goal to just make, keep her in sight that, I thought our collector was a good enough horse to uh power runner, which he, he did, you know, he's, he's the type of horse where he's just fun to be a part of because he, he's there for you anytime you need him. So that's, it makes my job a whole lot easier than, than it sounds just because I can trust my horse, I guess is the best way to put it. Now, uh, from there, <clears throat> Tommy, uh, like to say, look, I'm, I'm not going to go chasing the big boys now. I'll, I'll meet them on it, you know, my home track when they come down here. And decided to go to Ellis Park. And you never never know with the weather or anything what's going to happen there. A, a surface uh, that he had never been on. And uh, let me tell you what. When I saw you pop out of the gate, they, they never did give you a breather. I noticed that. But you never really looked like you needed one, Brian. You never went. You just rode your horse. If they wanted to come take a take a shot at you, you let them because you just rode our collectors so confidently uh, in the Ellis Park. Take us from the uh, from the the gate break to the finish line. That's that's just another beauty about this horse is that he is he's that tactical. You know, he's he, I can go out there and trust him, and that was kind of my game plan. Jamie and I sat up on a Saturday night and we, we watched all the replays of all the horses and just kind of came up with a plan. And like I, like I told her, I said, well, you know what? I think we have, I know we have the best horse in the race. So if he, if he leaves there running that on Sunday, we're just going to go ahead and let him do his thing. So that was, that was the whole plan that once he, once he broke good and it was a short run into the, uh, the first turn going a mile and an eighth there at Ellis. So he broke good and I just, I let him kind of do his thing and, a few horses took shots at him, but as good of a horse as he is, he was able to overcome it. And like I, like I told Tommy, I said, the only time I got a little worried was at some point in the race, I needed to uh, be able to give him a breather. And he was able to do that on his own, that he was able to go fast enough to, to going into the second turn that he, uh, he was able to run a few horses off their feet. And then he, he took a little breather and then off he went again. And he showed, I mean, from the, quarter pole home it was just him on cruise control well uh knockwood everything uh goes well in in the few weeks remaining uh do you try not to think about the kentucky derby no we wake up every day at the kentucky derby i mean that's that's why we get into this sport is you want to you want a horse like art collector so we wake up every single day thinking about how we're going to our best position to get us to the Derby. So here we are with, uh, with a really legitimate horse, we believe. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Well, you, you were the leading apprentice, uh, years ago and you're more of a veteran rider now. Uh, what do you think it's going to be like two, two things? Number one, just the whole idea of, 
them in some way, shape or form, socially distanced, playing my old Kentucky home, but also going out there and what would normally be several hundred thousand fans going nuts. And there's going to be like 23,000 fans there. How weird is that going to be? It'll be weird, but I think the, uh, these next four weeks are going to be the funnest part about this whole experience. Just to be able to uh, go through what we're going to go through with between Tommy and Bruce and just have fun with it, I think is the best way to put it. Because we have a lot of press on us right now, and we just have to go in there and, and enjoy our horse. And it'll be different this year, but at the same time, we're having fun. So it's, uh, it's exciting. Well, I, I don't think it's going to change uh, the fact that you're in the world's uh, most recognized race. And, and you're a part of it, but you're not only a part of it, you're one of the main players in there, Brian. I mean, for a little kid from, I believe, Lafayette, Louisiana, to all of a sudden t- take se- center stage uh, in the Kentucky Derby, it, it's got to be amazing feeling. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a different, it's a different atmosphere, that's for sure. You know, I've ridden the Derby a few times, and it's, it's been horses that we thought had chances, and they uh, they've they've run decent. But now to go into it with a with a horse like we have right now, you know, he's four for four this year. It's it's a different experience, but at the same time, it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. You know, like I said, this is uh this is what we get up every day for. It's it's I, I can't even really put it into words how exciting we are for it all. Well, I, 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 I guess we both just have to hope that Tommy doesn't do anything to screw it up between now and then. All he's got to do is let Jose keep doing what he's doing. <laughs> That's the other thing. You know, when I was talking to him, uh, he's a pretty loyal guy, and he's got a great team. I believe he's, he's even got the legendary Jerry Dixon working with him. Yeah, Jerry, Jerry's bringing the horses over, and uh, we have the whole – we're all Team Louisville, that's for sure, I guess is the best way to put it. We, Everybody here with Art Selector is Louisville bound. Well, let's just hope that Louisville in the first Saturday in September, uh, I, I'll, I'll – I'll be praying for you as I have the last couple of races as you come down the stretch. I pull down the power from my aunt. Sister Kitty, we call her, uh, who's known for miracles. And it sure wouldn't be a miracle if our collector won, but every little bit of work helps. So uh, we'll be rooting for you from uh, Ohio to heaven to uh, Louisville, Kentucky, because I'm not even sure I'll be able to go down. I'm not sure how they're limiting the media uh, passes this year. But, uh, Brian, you're you're a super person. you got a great family. You've got a lot of fans and nothing better could happen that you be in the winner's circle at the Kentucky Derby this year. Oh, thank you, John. That means a lot. All right. Well, say hi to Jamie and pat the kids on the head for me, and hopefully we'll see you in the weeks ahead. Yes, sir. We'll do. All right. We've been talking to Brian Hernandez, Jr. with a, 
Uh, slight call from Tom from Goshen, Kentucky. Uh, of course, you saw the high road that he took uh, to Tom's question, immediately supporting his brother. And uh, it just he's a great guy, folks. I've gotten to know him over the years, and uh, he, he's certainly one that you want to be rooting for, Brian Hernandez, Jr. Well, all right, so much on Art Collector and the adventures this year. The undefeated son of Bernardini goes in as one of the favorites the first Saturday of May in the Kentucky Derby. Well, folks, we're going to take a little bit of a break here, and when we come back, we're going to wing it. That's right, we're going to wing it with my friend, Eric Wing from Horse Tourneys. I'm John Engelhart, and you're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with me now, uh, Winning Ponies regular Eric Wing. As you know, uh, this show primarily caters to handicappers, and he's the communications director for HorseTourneys.com, which is believed to be horse racing's number one destination for player-friendly qualifying contests. And what's good, they got a lot of low-takeout cash games. He's going to tell us about... uh, <clears throat> something that's coming up this Friday and Saturday for those of you that uh, enjoy uh, taking in handicapping from home, which so many of us do nowadays with everything that's going around. Eric Wing, how are you doing? I'm great, John. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh, you, you, 
they're keeping you busy there. I see. Seems like twice a week you're you're writing these blogs for horse tourneys. Is it true that your last blog? I didn't get to read it, but was was on uh, Chesty Morgan. No, Christy Moore. Christy Moore. Oh, oh, I was wondering if she came up and gave you a big hug like she used to attack the baseball players and oh. stuff. No, you no, know. no. This is a, uh, a handicap, a, a terrific handicapper in Fishers, Indiana, uh, Christy Moore, who won the Express Bet Travers Online Challenge uh, and won uh, $45,000 plus a Pegasus World Cup seat uh, last Saturday at Express Bet. She won her entry to that tournament on horse tourneys, and uh, we're just delighted when that happens. She parlayed a $175 uh, qualifier or satellite, if you will, entry into $45,000 plus. And so, yes, my latest blog does profile Christie and her her victory and her interest in racing and all of the above. 40-year-old insurance uh, industry worker, uh, again, out of Fishers, Indiana. All right. I'm going to have to read more carefully. I could have sworn the other... The other name was there. All right, listen. I want I want to do some handicapping with you because I know you're good. But let's just, if we can, walk our listeners through what's happening tomorrow, and then the big deal on the Spa and Surf Showdown on Saturday. Yeah, actually, it's it's actually John Saturday and Sunday. Oh, and Saturday and a, Sunday. Okay. Yes, it's a two day tournament. It's the richest tournament we've ever run. And I believe it's the richest tournament ever held exclusively online. It's called the Spawn and Surf Showdown. It's all cash. Um, we still have some qualifiers uh, running, even one now as we speak, a bunch more tomorrow. Uh, people can also buy in for $2,000 if they wish. But as of right this second, uh, the purse is guaranteed at $387,630. The winner will get... Uh, 40% of that, so roughly $150,000 to the winner. And the format is simple. You make a mythical $2 win-in-place play on every race at Saratoga and Del Mar on Saturday and Sunday. The person who has the highest aggregate score wins that uh, first-place pot of about, like I said, $140,000, $150,000 or more. Uh, a lot of money on the line and a, a lot of electricity and excitement will be taking place at horse tourneys. People can check out our Twitter feed and our uh, webpage for updates, results, recaps, etc. I like the name Spa for Saratoga and Surf for where the surf meets the turf at Del Mar. All right. And of course, uh, people can always go to horse tourneys to get more details. Otherwise, that's all we talk about on this portion of, of winning ponies. But I know you're a bit of a handicapper yourself. So let's uh, look at some of the uh, the better races uh, this week. Uh, we just... Uh, uh, we'll start with a, a, a race that uh, I was going to when I was a little boy. I know with my brownie camera, I've got a picture of Bill Shoemaker uh, winning on a horse called Gamely, winning the Alabama. It was back in the 60s, I believe. But anyhow, it's a legendary race with phenomenal winners, uh, a lot of history to it. Uh, but uh, it sure looks like uh, 
Swiss skydiver who uh, last lost to the boys, that being art collector in the bluegrass. Uh, boy, Kenny McPeak has just held her form perfectly, and she and man, he travels everywhere with her. Fairgrounds, Gulfstream, Oaklawn, Santa Anita, Keeneland. I mean, th- this filly can ship. She's a three-year-old filly in typical Ken McPeak fashion. He didn't spend three hundred thousand on her. He spent thirty-five thousand, which at, at at the level he plays, that's chump change. Uh, she looks like a standout in here. And it's not to say there's not another talent here. One of the biggest threats could be his. His other other horse, uh, Envotante, I believe is the name, and it looks like this Harvey's little Goyle out of the Mott Barn uh, will give her some competition, too. That's a horse that really jumped up last time, but that was on the turf, going to be going a mile and a quarter. I, I just think Kenny's got this horse set going in the right direction, and uh, it, it'll be between her and Gamine uh, in the Kentucky Oaks, I'm guessing. It'll be interesting to see, John. I have less of a brilliant, insightful nature to say about this race compared to the others we might be discussing. But I'm with you. I think the race goes through Swiss Skydiver. She's a real road warrior. I think uh, Envoutant, or uh, however you like to pronounce her name, is uh, also maybe a legit, the other McPeak, if you will, is also a, uh, a candidate to pick up some pieces late. I- I'm wondering if in a perfect world, McPeak would love to see, like, a Swiss Skydiver blow the doors off of these, have Envoutant run a nice closing second, run Envoutant in the Kentucky Oaks, and then take a roll of dice with Swiss Skydiver in the Derby. It, it just strikes me as a McPeak thing to do. Um, uh, time will tell. We'll see what happens in the Alabama. As you say, the rest of the field is not without merit. Spice is nice from the Pletcher Barn. Crystal Ball uh, has raced once at the Saratoga meet, but is out of the Bob Baffert Barn, probably uh, staying with John Terranova at the spa. Those are horses with credentials, and, and neither one would be an absolute shock, but I do agree with you that Swiss Skydiver coming off that second versus the boys to art collector is the horse to beat and will be a deserving favorite in the Alabama. Of course, the mile and a quarter is going to be a question mark for all of these fillies, but based on the dope to date at uh, distances of up to a mile and an eighth, it seems like Swiss Skydiver is just the most horse out of these seven. All right. Well, uh, earlier on the card, the race before is going to be the Saratoga Derby Invitational. Half a million dollars. It hasn't been around long enough to be graded. But, man, the one, two, three finishers in Saratoga's Hall of Fame are are in this race. So there's uh, horses that uh, have experience uh, over the turf course there at a mile and an eighth. Uh, The winner was Decorated Invader, who's in here, Get Smoking with second, Domestic Spending third. I've got stars with Decorated Invader, Domestic uh, Spending, uh, Colonel Liam, who just, whoa, jumped up on the grass and went from a 75 buyer to a 100 buyer. And that, of course, one of the most consistent fillies in trainer uh, from uh, a hot Mike Maker barn field pass. Uh, That's all I'm going to say. How do you separate these horses? It's not easy. 
um, if you were going by past accomplishments or, or comparing resumes, then Decorated Invader is the most accomplished horse and should be the favorite. Uh, domestic spending from the Chad Brown barn has an electrifying turn of foot, which we saw two back. Almost looked like she, uh, he had trouble getting out of his own way last time versus Decorated Invader, kind of like as if the two turns kind of <clears throat> threw him for a loop for some reason. But he's a contender. <clears throat> you mentioned field pass. Uh, Colonel Liam popped the big buyer. I, I don't know what to make of that buyer. The, the race didn't look as good as the buyer does, but, uh, you know, buyers in, the, in general don't lie. Um, field pass is good. The horse I'm going to be interested in is Bama Breeze, who has had two unlucky trips behind field pass under Corey Lannery, um, draws the rail again, and gets Manny Franco. I think if Franco can get this uh, this three-year-old to the outside, he might enjoy the wider open spaces than the uh, close confines he's been experiencing under Lannery. So he's my long shot pick, Bama Breeze. But uh, as you alluded to earlier, John, any one of six in here would, in my mind, be no surprise. Yeah, great betting race. And if you're betting horizontally, you better go deep on this one with your buddies. Well, uh, one of our sponsors here, Winning Ponies, is Woodbine Racetrack. And uh, they've got a... uh, Stakes-laden cards, but I'm going to have to cut that down. Of course, uh, the, the Woodbine Oaks is a half a million dollar race, and uh, again, there's four horses in here that, that uh, catch my eye, which means you'll come up with the fifth: Curlin's <laughs> <laughs> uh, Voyage, Marvelou, Lasting Union, and Infinite Patience. Yeah, well, you named the two that I like most. Now, Curlin's Voyage is on the rail. He's one of three that come out of a close uh, finish, you know, all within a couple lengths of each other out of the uh, uh, Canadian bred Fury Stakes, the traditional prep for the Woodbine Oaks. The, uh, the horses that I'm going to go with, uh, um, people may think you haven't mentioned this horse before, but you have. You just butchered her name, was, is Merveilleux. Um, and, and, and I know you're I a little more French, comfortable the with the way, Spanish so. names than with the French, as, as evidenced by Envoutant. But uh, uh, <laughs> Merveilleux, this is another wide-open race, John. Um, blinkers on for Kevin Attard, who started the meeting very slowly but is now on fire, um, and drops out of the open uh, grade three Celine stakes at Woodbine into uh, Canadian-bred competition. She looks like the one who could just be better than the others who are all kind of close together. So I'm going to go with uh, Merveilleux, and um, she also had a wide trip in the Celine. So uh, under uh, under Hernandez with the blinkers on and a tart at the controls uh, in the barn, I'm going to go with her over uh, Curlin's Voyage. But I expect three or four of them to be fighting it out at the eighth pole. All right. So... What's her name again? Merveilleux. Merveilleux. Okay. Do you know what that means? Um, it's it's the uh, masculine uh, form of uh, of the adjective marvelous. Even though it's a filly, huh? Correct. <laughs> I, I believe that's true. My French is a little dusty, but um, I believe that to be true, as opposed to the feminine form, which would be merveilleuse. 
Well, I, I just want everybody to know, and the first time I ever met Eric, we were sitting there having a couple beers at the University of Arizona. I found out that he was, before he got into racing, the editor of Reader's Digest? One of the editors. I wasn't the chief guy. Well, still, I mean, it means you're very well-read and obviously uh, well-educated, uh, did you go to an Ivy League school? I forget where you graduated from. Uh, I, I went to Dartmouth, and, and it got me into the racing business. So I don't know if that's uh, if that's a uh, commendation or a uh, or a demerit. But but uh, yeah, Dartmouth was a great school, and it got it helped me ultimately land a job in an industry I love. So there you go. All right. Well, we're down to three minutes, my producer tells me. So let's go also uh, at Woodbine, uh, the grade two King Edward. Uh, they've installed Silent Poet as the favorite. I got to admit, a very consistent gelding. Uh, but uh, on the outside, you got a horse who uh, started out in France and is now in the Chad Brown barn. Gee, I've never heard of that happening before. Uh, but. <laughs> By the name of Delaware, who looks like uh, uh, he's starting to uh, to like it here in the U.S. This race is a mile, and uh, the, the other horse who, uh, again, this race, it, it's kind of speed against closers, and one of the closers in there, March to the Arch, I think has got to be put in for consideration. Yeah, to me, March to the Arch is just in, the, in one of those spots where uh, not only are most of the others but he also has a stable mate in there on the rail, Dreammaker, who I'm also trained by Cassie, who I'm wondering if he's not going to tell Emma, Emma Jane Wilson to send also, just to further set things up for March to the Arch, who's a quality horse, as are many of these. But to me, the race dynamics favor March to the Arch, so that's who I'll be going with. All right, we're, we're with Eric Wing, and I'm putting his feet to the fire. Got about a minute left, and I, all of a sudden I realized there's one Derby points race left, though not the biggest amount of Derby points. Uh, I'm not sure any of these will be going to Churchill Downs, but nonetheless, is the TVG.com Pegasus $150,000. Um, it, it, it's another race that, that's got a lot of uh, horses that could pop up. It looks like the slight favorite right now is pneumatic even though that starts with a p am i saying that correct dr wing very well pronounced john <laughs> give me a read on the race um i'll be brief and i'm going to point out a racing oddity to you at the same time i'm going to go with number six arcan to wire the field uh going with the exciting up-and-comer as opposed to the others who have been kind of more or less refugees of the triple crown run and if anybody has their racing form open, look, and you'll see that Arcan went off at 4-5 to five in his last race and was not the favorite. And with that, I'll throw it back to you. <laughs> well, gee, uh, horse isn't bred very well, though. It's uh, by this sire called Into Mischief, and uh, he hasn't had a very good season, so we'll see if he can <laughs> overcome his pedigree. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's, he's a like, bum. He, yeah, I mean, what what tap it was three years ago it, into mischief is uh, uh, the new stud on the block. Well, Eric Wing, want to remind everybody, go on over uh, to Horse Turnies and check out this contest, uh, the uh, 
combination of Saratoga and Del Mar, you're going to have a long handicapping day, but it's going to be a fun one, and you can make yourself a few dollars. Eric Wang, thanks a million for being on the show again. I love reaching out to you. John, it's always my pleasure, anytime. All right, well, he says that, and I take advantage of it. Really want to thank uh, Brian Hernandez for coming on with us. Uh, yeah, he, he he didn't forget some of the guys that interviewed him before he was big time. He's a, he's a super guy from a super family. Uh, and I want to remind everybody, when you're scrambling for these different contests, pull down those easy win forms from winningponies.com. I'm John Engelhart. When you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.